been everywhere early on. Oh, oh. He's going to get his fourth. The dancing feet of your mind, Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphy. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Now then, welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything else in the footy club. My name is Grant and with me is the National Lampoon's Scotty Vacation. It's uh, Scott. Bonjour. Oh, yes. Hey, how you going, everyone? Good to be back uh, that's a lie. Yes. <laughs> it would rather be Actually, in that's very Provence. It's good to be back on the podcast. There we go. <laughs> um, I, I was quite enjoying the uh, streets of Tuscany and yeah, and uh, Florence and uh, and all that Come sort on, of thing. Man, so, tell me, tell me the street, the streets of the eastern suburbs aren't as good. Come on yes, now. Yeah, I mean, outer eastern suburbs doesn't doesn't yeah. Come on, just, man, Tuscany, the outer eastern suburbs. It's so all good. Yeah, um, obviously we've had a couple of months off, mainly because it's due to me. Uh, so uh, for those who didn't know, my wife and I had uh, been with my job and for well over 10 years and uh, decided to have long service leave and saved up for a couple of years and we just did an, an amazing six, seven-week trip to Europe where we went to Switzerland for a couple of weeks and then went to France for a couple of weeks and then finished off with Italy and just had an amazing time where for some reason the weather gods just were very much shining down on us and uh, we had a total of one and a half days rain in 46 days. Nice. And the f- one of those days was the very first day where we landed in Zurich. So Well, you were hungover anyway. It didn't <laughs> yes, matter. You were sleeping. Slept. Nice. So it was bizarre. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just sunshine every day and I, it was just, yeah, everything went very well and... Yeah, I loved every part of it. So Switzerland is is a place I could easily live. <laughs> That's what I realised very quickly. Yep. Um, yeah, just a spectacular place. And um, and France, uh, I, I'm, you know, you, I've always, I've never been to these countries, by the way, uh, before. So you always have the kind of the, the views of what France would be like. And the French people were absolutely lovely to me. And, and uh, the food was brilliant. And, uh, you know, some of the places, Normandy and... And Provence and and um, even Paris it's, itself, it surprised me how much I enjoyed it. And so, yeah, uh, Italy is Italy, man. It's just it was spectacular. It's just, <laughs> yeah, right. so, you can eat your way from one end to the other. Yeah, I mean, I must admit. So I, I had a the day in Rome where I saw, you know, the I guess the old ancient Rome, and uh, it was just, you know, I for those who don't know, uh, I'm not going to go into it too much, but you know, my dad was a, a, a a minister, or like a Baptist minister, and so I obviously know Christian history very well. Uh, so uh, yeah, to to see that and to see you know a lot of history that I read about in my childhood or was discussed about, and it was amazing. So to see Tuscany and Venice, and, you know, it was just it was the you know, Amalfi Coast, and so we just had it was a dream trip, and and I can't wipe the smile off my face and how much. We had a good time. So I don't want to torment those people anymore. So. I was going to say, and then you're back to reality is that, guess what? Hollywood won the grand final. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good time to be away. Yeah, well, uh, man, trust me, it was. So, uh, I, you know, I didn't really, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't really think about footy too much. I did the odd post on Twitter and when I saw some big news come through. and um, But uh, it's it, by far the most going into uh, – into uh, I guess the off season, I know the least amount I've ever have in my life. Usually, I know the top twenty players in the draft. I know their strengths and weaknesses. I know nothing. So uh, I was very much just focused on the trip, have fun on the trip, and uh, I only came back twenty four hours ago. So you, if I say something a bit odd, trust me, I've still got in my head a pounding jet lag, <laughs> uh, thumping <laughs> headache, uh, which I'm still t- coming to terms with, but. We were able to get access to Kaltumi today, and and I can't knock that back. Oh, mate. Um, so yeah, yeah we, obviously it was a, a big free agency week for the Essendon Football Club, uh, and we're coming into trade and draft period. So who better to get than Kaltumi on the line 
to give me a summary, to be honest. Uh, well, mate, in short, um, the biggest of large red fire engines has done it again. So, uh, <laughs> well, I always knew I was coming back to you, <laughs> pumping up. You want, a, you want a big-bodied back? we got a big-bodied back. So uh, You want another Ruckman to back up Drapes because his knee might be dodged or his OP might be dodged? Got one of them too. Just chucked in a, uh, a half-decent small forward who could um, contribute from day one. Got one of them as well. Oh, 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 and by the way, it cost a zero. Draft picks. Zero Nil. draft picks, yeah, I was going to say. Nil draft picks. Cost us a lot of money, but, uh, but we we've had We've got it. cash. We've got cash to float, so yes. we've spent it, and it's cost us zero cash, and all players will be able to contribute from day one. <laughs> so I swear. What else does the man have to do? But anyway. Yeah, well, you, you know my thoughts, so I, I, I've got too much of a headache to debate that today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, look, there's no doubt, and I know you say it with a with a cheeky grin, uh, but there's no doubt it was a very good week for the Essendon Football Club. Uh, ben McKay obviously was, you know, with the the news of Zerk Thatcher. Yeah. Um, obviously, Ben McKay was for me front and center, the easily the most important signing yeah. of the week because structurally it, uh, it helped us big time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and you know, he obviously had some strengths, you know, both players, you know, Zerky obviously had his moments. So Zerk Thatcher to me is, I, I get a little bit annoyed about, you know, some of the dialogue, even with the, the portrait and with, you know, we'll talk about Dersma coming up, but strength and weaknesses. And there's a few things, you know, <coughs> Obviously, a lot of people seem to be highlighting Zerk's weaknesses, weaknesses but uh, I haven't seen much narrative that how the SM Football Club, uh, one, has has asked Zerk's what his role sh- is. Sorry, I'll say it again in English and you can tell this is where I'm going to get yeah. my head. Jet lag. I think there's been little narrative on how hard Zerk's role has been at the SM Football Club and really he should be a second and third backman at best. Uh, and... That's if my he whole point. if he if he played third back or second back, he'd be a very very good pickup for a club because uh, I think he plays that role or will will play that role very very well. We asked him to be Ben McKay and be Ben McKay's size, and he's not. And even uh, then, had the midfield just the, the ball streaming through our midfield, putting it down anywhere. Yeah, they yeah. Like. We're still 18th in, tradi- in transition That's defense. Exactly right. So the ball um, repeatedly going in there, and so yeah, I, I think Port Adelaide actually get a really good pickup and. For me, this is personally me, and, and people will accuse me of bias and all that sort of stuff. The whole like we should give something back uh, as a sweetener to get Dersma. No, no, Dersma hasn't done anything. No, oh, oh no, 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 like he's got the potential tag, but he'll be, that's he'll a, tag. Be a handy pickup, yeah, but not much, if anything, right? But Zerk, Zerk's played two years straight of pretty good football, yep. You know, the, we all know the Hawkins and all that sort of thing, but it, that shouldn't have been his role in the it's first place. Ben Mackay should have been next to him, or, or a Ben Mackay replica should have been the, should have been there in the first place. And uh, so he's the second defender. He's like really, he should be Laverde's role, and Laverde should go down and That's as exactly a one ninety two right. centimeter That's as exactly a medium right. yeah. defender. So it's more I had. That's how I see it. So I think Port pick up a really good player if he can play their second or third back. Um, and well, I him think, and Alira yeah. Lira will be perfectly good. Thanks very much. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I that, that's my personal view. I think they're they're like for like, and I think it should be a, if anything, a, a straight swap on on performances. Yep. And, and you know, uh, I, I I'm I'm kind of when I'm over the whole potential tag. If you guys, if you're 23 years old like Dersma, yeah, potential's there. But you, at some point, you've got to see it, and you've got to get his body consistent. So uh, for me, it's. It's a like for like, and let's just swap. So yeah, absolutely. That's my personal view, but there's a man after the break who may <laughs> who has a much more expert view than I will. Absolutely. So, uh, so look, it's been a really good, really good off season so far. Obviously, like I said, Ben McKay is obviously uh, a two hundred and two centimetre giant. So we haven't had that kind of wide bodied frame. Uh, to have the Hawkins and um, what's his name from the West Giant, Coast Giants, and Giant, yeah, 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 that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, I don't want to. I don't want to bypass also um, Goldstein coming in. I, I think like he's he's right at the end of his career. Like he's really close to the end of his career, and that's mm. fine. Um, but I remember seeing him play last year and play well. Like he's not. He's he's lost. A, everybody's lost a step at his age, but he's still a very serviceable ruckman and is still a large unit, mm. and he's still exceptionally good at, at being a tap ruckman. So, 
where he plays, whether or not um, he plays a bit more than Brian while he's still growing, that's fine. But a very handy little pickup for two-fifths of nothing. Um, and then Jay Gresham, who has fallen out of favour at St Kilda, clearly, um, but is, is it, a is handy it, is footballer. That, do you reckon that's the case? Because he played nearly every game. I, Did he? I, I thought the Saints... I thought I was reading that. I, I thought the Saints kind of wanted Gresham to stay. My reading is that we've just kind of courted him a bit, just really, just as we said, yeah, come on over and be one of the main men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, on, a, on a very hef- nice deal. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he gets a three-year deal probably around, you know, well, Cal says it's around 700K, so he's yeah. doing well. Uh, I think it prolongs him being paid very well. Uh, but, you know, there is – he does get the ball around 20 times as a small forward. Yeah. and. I think that can't be ignored. He kicks it. He's a he's a goal a game player statistically. So you have twenty possessions in a goal a game. Uh, you know, from what we've got at the moment, you know, you add the Menzies and Guelphies and Snellings and that. I don't think there's a play there that gets the ball around twenty times. No. I think I think you get him ten or twelve times maybe yeah. on average. But uh, he's definitely going to be a, a decent. Well, an upgrade for me, anyway. So, yeah. and that's the whole point. Uh, there's, there's not like a earth-shattering big free agent star or anything like that. It's just all I see is upgrades all across. Um, uh, and even if Dersma comes on, you know, if he hits his where form does, and potential, where does he play? Like, is well, he... that that's the the. If you're reading the tea leaves, it's, it sounds like he's going to try and play wing. Um, okay. Now, but a lot of good teams. Where I will has he say this so far. Yeah. Oh, a half forward kind of oh, thing. Okay, yeah. cool. right. So there's there's probably a, a narrative there, like you go, oh well, our two wingmen are, are Durham and Martin. You know, yep. um, in reality, if you watch some of the good teams, they they actually have about three wingmen all rotate all around different. So I've kind of in my head have him joining almost like that trio now. Um, now there's that. It does have a flow on effect because I, I want to ask Cal what happens to Nick Cox and what happens to oh. you know there's there's a interesting one of, of what, what what's the flow on effect because if you're going to bring in Dursmarin on a four year deal on fairly good money you're going to play they're usually going to play yeah like, they're going to play him you, when you had Dursma's agent saying you know when it was a very the when his travel manager sorry travel agent said you know when we first kind of told teams that there may be something here. Essendon and Brad Scott and Tadura were the first club, the first guys to come up to visit Dersma directly, okay. have, a, have a discussion with him, and that discussion went so well that Dersma, you know, straight away went, I really love Essendon there. Yeah. So they've they've no doubt pitched very strong a role for him. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one where that fits. He He's definitely got the capability of being a wingman and he's he's – Tallish, shouldn't he? I wouldn't say uh, he, play, like he can, he can play. T- he's one of those guys who can play tall. Okay. Um, not like you remember, like a Justin Blumfield. Like you wouldn't say yeah, he's yeah, classic yeah. tall, but yeah. um, but can play tall. But uh, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Uh, the what I think the, the the number one thing for me is with this not using a draft pick yet and getting three yeah. guys in um, is I think. Uh, Scott's quickly realised that depth is a is an issue. Yeah, and how much we fall off uh, once we have some injuries uh, because we're probably uh, we play kind of an older team in the seniors quite a bit. Yeah, older being twenty four, twenty five average. Um, uh, but then once we're so young past that, yeah, it's Wanganeen or it's yeah. the Davies and that's it, and they're all and nineteen. And so the drop off is quite. Yeah. So I think he's trying to close that gap and have, you know, uh, you know Gresham and yeah. Goldstein and I don't want to offend anyone, but say if Gresham plays, he's probably gonna kick out uh, a Guelphie or a Menzies. Yes. That, that's yeah, just yeah. reality. That's yeah. just a, it, uh, uh selling obviously as well. Uh so you know, it's different when you have a, a Gresham injury and Guelphie may come in. You know, it's a different depth. And you're okay yeah, with yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. different depth. It's it's if Guelphie gets injured then we'll, you know, we're bringing in maybe an inexperienced Alan Davey yeah. or this maybe not ready yet and, and that kind of thing. So you've got a bit more just games under the belt with these three free agents that – and Dursme, obviously, if he comes in as well, 
that he's 23 years old, knows the caper. So I think the, you know, you'll get a strengthened, in a weird way, VFL kind yeah. of program yeah, yeah, yeah. that will help um, develop some of the some of the taller guys who may get more, you know, some of the forwards. Like I don't know if Vossi, that's it. We don't know. If, we don't know yeah, if Vossi's going to stay. Yeah, we don't know yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. But uh, Hayes and what was the name of that Western Australian forward we got? Yeah, uh, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're going to keep Hunter, but I'd, I'd, uh, for one more year. That's the. Okay. I, I just sense he's still very pro and on social media. So okay, that's my sense. But you never know. I think they're going to make a call once everything's done with trade week, and so about who's available and what list spots they've got available. Yeah, so uh, there's guys just on tender hooks here just waiting for their final call. So it may even be Snelling as well that's uh, it's in that kind of list as well. So interesting off-season so far. We, we're now coming up to the trade period. The obvious one is just Dersmer and Zerk, how that's they're going to handle that. I don't. I reckon that's it. Like that's. I think that'll be pretty much it once um, – like for trades and stuff, I think that's that's it for us. Other than the drafts, <laughs> yeah. Well, so we so we know of, yeah. Nah, well, so we know of, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, there's some interesting, <laughs> interesting ones around with Lynch from Richmond, and I don't. Has anyone seen that? And then tried to think about the the actual way like, that made me laugh. She was it was it the, the so rumor was Shield and pick nine to Richmond for Lynch. Uh, that's the big rumor. Is like uh, they just love Shrewald. Uh, if anyone's not going to trade Lynch, it's the Richmond Football Club. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm kind of ignoring some of the... 50 goal so. a year forward for a shield who's been broken the last few times. So. And, uh, yeah, no, so I've, that's not happening. Um, so, yes, uh, on the rest of the show, today, Scotty, the first one back, we have, like you said, uh, MrAFL.com.au, uh, uh, Mr. AFL Trade. We've got what he doesn't know, you know, need to know, Cal Toomey. Um, so we're very happy and we're, we're very lucky to have him on the show considering how busy this man is. So after the break, we're going to get hold of Cal. We've got some questions that have come in from the uh, from the, the uh, listeners as well and we'll get him on to have a chat. Sounds good. Let's, let's talk to Cal after the break. Bit of Beastie Boy sabotage. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, joining us on the podcast is uh, Cal Toomey. You can see Cal on uh, afl.com.au. He's, um, he's very popular on Twitter as well. And you can listen to him on the Gettable Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Cal. No worries, Grant. Scott, welcome back. Thank you, mate. Uh, good to see you. Uh, it's been a while. So, uh, look, a lot's, a lot's happened since I've been overseas. Uh, so, it'd be actually, you're the perfect person for me to catch up on and get your thoughts on a few things. How did you see uh, free agency on an Essendon perspective uh, with the, the Gresham and uh, Goldstein and Mackay? Uh, my view was it was really, really good um, level of depth now. Hopefully that's going to start coming through. Uh, that's how I saw it. I wouldn't say they're stars in their own right, but the club, um, when they had injuries, kind of fell away pretty easily. Uh, so... I felt, felt like Brad Scott had a, a mantra to increase the, the depth at Edison, and this is a good start. Yeah, that's right. I agree with that. And we saw the depth fall away at the end of the year with you know the injuries to key players. Draper goes down, Ridley goes down, Stringy goes down, and, and the struggles that that left the, the team with. And yeah, I don't think the depth is anywhere near where it needs to be to be a genuine top four, top six team. So, uh, yeah, absolutely brought that in. Uh the Goldstein one, there's layers to it, but I do think it's important that they had a fair idea of what Sam Draper's injury was looking like mm-hmm. um, and, and how that looks going forward. And the other part of it is, and I've heard this discussion, you know, what would Nick Bryan think? Nick Bryan was very well aware of their intention to bring in Todd Goldstein when he re-signed for two years. And he's going to back himself in to, to be the best Ruckman. And, and all three of them will be backing themselves in to, to be that, that guy. And, you know, Brad Scott told Andrew Phillips at the start of the year, and Andrew Phillips has spoken about this, the, the confidence that he got from um, being told, hey, you're not just here to be a backup. You're here to challenge and try and get into the team as on your own right. So, yeah, the Goldstein one's a little bit different as well in that if it wasn't Goldstein, it'd be another player on the ruck merry-go-round. And, and they just all run around. There's, you know, seven or eight of them that have moved clubs this year. 
Yeah. And if it wasn't him, it would be, you know, a Matt Flynn type or a, a Scott Lysette or um, Tom Fullerton's joined Melbourne. So and unless it's the Brody Grundy change, like you, it's going to be a backup regardless one way or other at the, cheaper, at the cheaper end. So that one, yeah, absolutely, I think that's a tick. Um, Mackay, they beat out some challenges for him. But clearly, they've paid you know, a high level to get him. And, and that's, you know, um, important in the free agency stakes, but you retain your picks. And I agree with what you spoke about before in terms of just getting these guys in and, and adding some depth. To the, he's going to play on the, the key forwards that have killed Essendon for years and, and hopefully, um, you know, be a, a better option against those types. And Gresham, well, he's kicked 30 goals a couple of times and that's not even playing in a season and that's not even playing as a pure small forward. So, uh, I think we'll see his sort of dynamic nature inside of 50 compared to sort of some of the other um, sort of small forwards who uh, over the last few years you know, haven't been able to hit the scoreboard as much. So that's that's an option for them as well there. So I like I like the additions and, yeah, people will say you pay too much. It also, it's from a money point of view, but to, to keep your picks, you have to pay more from a money point of view as well. So there's that sort of difference there. The other part is, What's the point of having money in the cap? Like you don't get yeah. a, you don't win a premiership. You don't have, you don't win a premiership. You don't you don't win a premiership by having the most money in the cap. You don't want to be the richest guy in the graveyard. So I, I do think that there's, you have to you have to spend it sometimes. And uh, the cap's going up as well. Essen's not going to be cap pushed for a while. You'd think. Mm. I think there's a lot there's a lot of space and, and room to move for a long time time now, and and that's important. Do you think that some of these contracts? Uh, because there's so much room in the cap now, maybe even front-ended a bit? Like, do you think there may be a, a situation where the first years for some of these, like a Gresham or a, uh, or a Mackay, may just be 100 or 200K more the first year to to sort of lessen the damage, I guess, in the in the second, third or fourth years? Uh, well, for free agency, you have to – It's the compensation is based on the, the average sort the of – The average? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So – and that money can't be changed around because the other clubs get a chance for the, for the restricted free agents get a chance to match that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a quirk this year in that they're getting paid on 2024 numbers, but which is going up a fair bit. But their compensation picks are based on the 2023 figures because that's when they were announced as restricted or unrestricted at the start of the season. So a little bit of a quirk that's probably worked out in favour for a couple of those names. But as I said, yeah, I mean, have to spend money. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're worthwhile additions. Yeah, for sure. Cal, I wanted to just ask you a question about something that I, I sort of noticed with like the Mackay thing for North Melbourne, where North were going to match the bid unless they got a compensation pick for him and the like. It just seems to me like there's a little bit of I don't know, a little bit of collusion going on here or something between <laughs> the teams that Essendon says to North, okay, we'll pay him a, a larger amount of money or something like that, so that you get a uh, a pick is that? Is, am I wrong in thinking that? Like the the AFL could be like need to look at this a little bit because it's like the clubs are getting together and going, okay, I'll pay him, I'll pay him enough for you to get a compensation pick. Well, it's an interesting one because the, the system has its little bits and pieces that could probably work through, but it's also you get an indication of what the compensation pick is going to be as soon as the, the bid is made and and you know officially put in. And then the clubs get an indication of that and whether they'll match or not. So but this discussions go on all the way through the year um, between clubs but also managers on, on what money is available at different different times. I don't think it's a major issue. Okay. Has it – I was just wondering, has it changed – has it changed the rule about when clubs know what conversation they're going to get? Like I know that you would tweet out, hey, it looks like it's going to be a, a end of first round for Gresham. Um and the club, St Kilda, seems to know that now. Has that changed? I always felt like the initial part of free agency was that you actually knew your compensation post post the like everything being done. Or am I wrong on that? Has that changed that clubs now know what the what the compensation pick is going to get, so they know if they're going to match it or not? Fair question. I, I don't know if that's changed or not too much. Maybe there's a little bit more clarification given or advice given or guidance given. I think it should be given. I think you should have an understanding of what it's going to be um, before you make that decision. I don't think you should be going into it blindly and say, well, 
you know, this is this is what the decision I'm going to make, but I don't know if I'm actually going to get the pick I want or not. So whichever way, I think it's a better scenario that the club knows what it's going to have to get in return before it actually makes the call. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm curious now that we're going into more the trade part, uh, how do you see the Dersma one going down? There's there's obviously the view that it could be a direct swap. There may be some late picks. How do, how do you see that getting done? And do you think it's pretty much a, a 98% view that it will get done? Yep, I think it'll get done. Um, Port Adelaide has a bit on its plate as well, and that's a factor within it all too. Essendon's work has mainly been done in the free agency space. Um, you know, it could be some sort of pick swapping stuff as well that goes on, but yeah, for the next couple of days, separate to the Dersma trade. But I think that if you look at Essendon's time, it's sort of work's been done in the free agency space where Port Adelaide's work still to be done in the next three days. So they've got Sava Radigalia, Brandon Zerk Thatcher, potentially Ivan Soldo, and also Jordan Sweet on the hook. So, uh, it's sort of muddling, muddying the waters a little bit around, you know, how mm. long it takes for one to lead to the next, to the next, to the next. How do they prioritise them? But I think Zerk Thatcher will get to Port Adelaide. I think Dersmer will get to Essendon. Got a four-year offer in front of him at Essendon. Got a year to go on his contract. And that's probably why. And um, that's probably a little bit why, you know, Port have the, the stronger leverage on that respect in that he's contracted. So, you know, if they haven't pushed him out to say, off you go, um, he's he's sort of seeking some different opportunities um, at another club, but Zach Thatcher wants to go. Oh. And he's out of contract, so there's probably less leverage on that front from Essendon's point of view. I think it's not quite a player for player swap. Uh, I know there's the difference, not apples and apples. It's you know a bit of a different option there from both clubs, but I think it's probably you know Essendon would probably push for the direct swap, and maybe Port would push for. A, a swap of back-end picks as well just to get the the player plus. That's mm. probably where I feel it could land. But, look, w- worst-case scenario for all, for you know Port Adelaide, they just do the switch straight swap and get their, their key defender in, which obviously has been a, a big target for them. It's, it's, it's marginal. I think it's marginal, but I do think sort of Dersma's got a few more runs on the board. Yeah. Around Dersma, I must admit, I, I probably don't watch much Port Adelaide games. I watch the old ones, but... He's obviously famous for his little celebrations, uh, and and he and he had a pretty good breakout kind of first season. What does Essendon fans can expect? What's is there still a bit of a potential tag, and there's probably not continuity in his in in, in his seasons, previous seasons. Can you tell us a little about him, what you knew of him pre, you know, coming in as drafted? And what his capability is, maybe in a different role, like on a wing or a midfield, or what he, what he can actually bring to Essendon if he fulfills his potential. I guess the tagline. Yeah, I think he's got that that pure hard running, long running style of game that Essendon probably doesn't have that much of. That player that you know can at his best and at his fittest can just keep running up and back through the midfield and through the wing all the time. Now he started as a half back, attacking half back. He's pretty courageous in the air. We've seen that at different stages throughout his career as well. Uh, he's had some injuries over the last couple of years that have hindered that, and um, you know, shoulder, knee issues. So we probably haven't seen the best of him, and and he would push for that as well and say that he hasn't probably you know got the best from himself as well because of that lack of continuity. But no, I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I think there's a lot there to work with, and yeah, I think his confidence probably just hasn't been at the same level as it was those opening couple of years, but. If you look back to what he came into the system as and and those first couple of years, you know, quick, um, able to take the footy and run and dash um, and, and get it forward and, and, and tough when he's going for the footy in the air. So, I, yeah, I think there's a bit to like there. What's he, what his position is and how that mix looks is interesting, but I think that if you can get a taller midfielder, which he is compared to some of the guys Essendon has at 187, 188, he'd be around that mark, I think. Play him on the wing. Um, Nick Martin could potentially go inside. I think Durham could go forward, um, where he's sort of shown a bit of a, an X factor as well in the air at different stages. Whilst playing also on the wing, I think there's a mix there. I don't think you can have too many of these guys who can run well and kick it well. I think Collingwood showed that as well in the grand final. They've got they picked up players over recent years and and drafted players who play that long running MCG style pretty well when mm. it matters. So. 
I, I think that that's the, the lure of him. And I think you'd add a little bit of a point of difference to the midfield. And look, the, the midfield's growing in, in different shapes. We saw Elijah Sardis a little bit towards the end of the season. He'll have another big preseason. You expect him to play a lot of footy next year. And you throw Dersmer in at his size. Martin at his size, it's probably a bit overdue, these these taller midfield types coming through. But um, there's maybe another mix there to, to complement what you know the stars in there have already done for a number of years. No, I think um, the um, Adrian Dodoro and the club they've all gone pretty hard um, during this um, trade period. They've got they've got their three guys, or hopefully the three guys. Um, they've been very active. Do you see us being sort of any wheeling dealing active in the trade period? I think we've got what pick nine or whatever we've got. Do you see us trying to elevate that at all, or trying to do any sort of wheeler dealers to to change our pick? Uh, I'm sure they've asked the question and are trying. It's going to be hard to get up, I think. I don't expect too much more movement despite some you know, attempts from different clubs within that sort of top 10 or 12. I think the main one now will be just the, the watch on number one. Um, I think the Bombers will be trying because they're, they're just outside of that little group, I think. Okay. Just on the, on the fringe of that little group of the really, really best players. So, yeah, I, I think they're probably two spots away from that that really top end proven group. So, but anything can happen on draft. On it only takes one or two to obviously one to sort of spill out and push something out, and then that player who pushes out might not be right for the next club, so they can get through. So they're still in a good spot. I think it'll it'll be a nice player whoever they they take there. But if they hold, I think they'll try and get up again. But I don't know if there's going to be any capacity to do that, and what they'd actually be willing to pay to do that. They of course need to get the Massimo D'Ambrosio trade done yeah. with the Hawks, but you know that's probably a later selection uh, at this point. How how real do you think the the whispers were on originally on Dylan Shield uh, with the Saints? Uh, no, there was legitimacy there, that's for sure. Um, the knee surgery probably didn't come at a great time for him no. in terms of moving, uh, but no, that there was there was discussions there um, back and forth. So. Whether it was actually going to happen, whether it was going to be, you know, allowed to happen, what they'd all say. Still, got, uh, we understand two years to go on his deal. I, I think, um, yeah, he's probably become. Yeah, I mean, you look at the midfield, don't you, and you wonder what 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 the position he's going to play in. In saying that, when Essendon was playing its best footy at the start of the season, he was in there. Yeah. So, it's an interesting one, but he's also carrying a fair salary cap price as well. Um, not the salary cap as I said before, is a major issue for the Bombers at the moment, but you still don't want um, 800k running running laps. So I think that, yeah, there was some legitimacy to it, but it probably didn't progress as far or as quickly. When it comes to the draft, we're moving to the draft, where, where does actually Zach Reed's brother sit in that? And is there any thought process of of the brothers joining each other if he actually makes it to, to pick nine? No, maybe. Uh, no, it won't be pick nine. I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't have thought so not at that point. Uh, he could be there at 31. Okay. Um, that was, yeah, that was a bit yeah. of a fan question, so sorry I, I'm a bit out of no, the no, draft no. loop. <laughs> no, no. No, no, that's right. He's, he's probably, he probably started the in that sort of frame, but he just um, yeah, he probably didn't get going as much at different stages of the year. Which can happen to the taller types. I mean, draft years are dominated generally by the midfield types because they're just, you know, more physically equipped to be ready and and you know, in a good spot in their development to get going. Whereas the taller types can, you know, be a little bit inconsistent here and there. He had a good patch of form at the end of the underrated championships in big country, and then beyond that for Gippsland Power. Um, but I think he's probably sort of in that that second round part of the draft. Now, Cal, before we get into some of the um, the listener questions, can you just run us briefly through how the number one pick's going to work? How, how do you reckon it's going to go? Trade or not trade? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, North Melbourne had a dip at it this, this week, and that was uh, four first-round picks for number one. Damn. The four, <laughs> the four picks were later in the first round, though, but um, you got to be in it to win it and have a throw at the stumps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, West Coast don't have to make a decision on this this week. Uh, they won't, unless something absolutely incredible comes through this week. I, I highly doubt that happens this week. So they can still trade picks up to November ten, 
and then again on draft night, November 20. So I don't really have to make a call now. You may as well hold out and hold out and hold out and see what the best offer actually is because you're not going to go with your best offer now and you're probably not going to accept the, the, the offer you get now unless you think it's unbeatable or another club could jump in or whatever. But uh, at the moment, I think you'd just be holding and taking Harley Reid. Uh, he's comfortable going. He's he's, you know, a star. He's got all the superstar qualities that I've seen in the best players come through. Um, he's dealt with the hype incredibly well this year and he's continued to play good footy. So there's a reason everyone wants to get up and that's the same reason that West Coast would need a lot to move down. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, North, North Melbourne, if they offer in, they have five picks inside the top 18 now. So <laughs> two, three, insane. five, 17, 18. So if they offer up a package of two and, you know, two of the later first round picks, would that be enough to make West Coast think about it? Maybe, maybe it would, but you need to do that. And Melbourne, of course, as well, have shown across their history that they like climbing the draft ladder and they've got um, six and 11 at the moment and a future first. So, yeah, I don't think anyone else is going to be having a dip. And Hawthorne did have a crack. They tried to offer pick four, pick a future first round pick and Tyler Brockman for number one, but uh, the Eagles said, no thanks. So, yeah, I think that's a story that's going to keep playing out for another month or so. We've got another month or more of uh, Harley Reid chat. Isn't it? Isn't it potential potentially though that the number two pick is going to be a Western Australian kid? Potentially, I mean, um, Daniel Curtin could be there if West Coast push back, but he could also be there at five, four, five, six. Okay, so okay. that's 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 like I've said. Oh, yeah, they have to be certain on Curtin. If you're moving back, you need to be certain that he's going to be there. So that's probably part of the, the thinking there as well. Interesting. Uh, Look, we've got some listener questions, so I wanted to uh, yeah. just go through. Um, uh, this is from King James. Always, It's always amusing when I read out who it's from, so hmm. obviously it's not their real names. Uh, and really? I'm his, assuming they're a Lakers fan. His real name is in <laughs> King James? That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> or he's very biblical. Lakers or Hurdy. Yeah. yeah, Lakers or Hurdy. Yeah, or he's, yeah. yeah, or he's really into the Old Testament. Actually, it's got to um, be Hurdy, yeah. So are you aware of any plans or timeframes for rule changes that would enable clubs who possess salary cap space to buy picks? off other clubs in exchange? That's an incredibly yeah, so intelligent pick, the, question. The pick purchasing that we've sort of developed as a concept throughout this year and, and given a name, um, I'm barracking for it. I, I, it. Clubs were surveyed about it late in the season and I think the responses were pretty mixed, like you know, maybe 50-50 on whether they wanted to bring it in or not. I think it should come in. I think we're seeing pick purchasing in different ways at AFL level already. It just comes with a player. So, and that's salary dumping. So last year was pick purchasing with you know, Gold Coast and moving their pick seven and Bosey to um, Geelong. But, you know, what would have happened if, it could have, if Geelong could have just bought the pick and paid out the money and alleviated some salary cap space there? So I, I think it will come in, in in time. It just might take a little bit of a process to get it there. But there's certainly support in clubs to do it, that's for sure. Uh, there's also one... Um just, uh, I think it's from. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at. Is it Grugs, Grug, Grugstickles? I don't know what that sounds going to be. Sounds like it's something meant to be rude. Wow, but I think uh, you need a cream for that. Uh, now, <laughs> would there be any interest in in Jack Billings from Essendon? Well, he's a big Bombers supporter. I used to have all the Bombers memorabilia up in his house. Remember, we did a doco with Jack in his draft year, and um, his his old man. Um, Graham was a, a member of the Bill Hutchison Foundation board, so there's pretty strong uh, Essendon links there. But uh, I don't think so at this stage. But he's still, he's still got two years to go on his contract. I think St Kilda would contribute to that deal, you know, money-wise if he did leave. But and he wouldn't come for he'd come pretty cheap. But uh, so far, sure exactly where he goes. It's a handy player for a while there. Yeah, uh, this is from SJ2150. Has the AFL considered extending the amount of future draft picks that teams can trade out, e.g. Uh, trading out future first round or second round picks in three years' time? A bit like, they've the, thought NBA, about bit like it. the NBA. Yeah, yeah, they've thought about it. And as always come back to, no, no, let's just keep it to one year in advance and sort of protect the clubs from themselves. I'm of the view that the clubs are big enough and ugly enough and strong enough to, to deal with that now and to push it out to two years in advance we'd see more movement we'd see more things happen we'd have more chips on the table to use so yeah but i also think that the afl is pushing to sort of build up its draft impact as well and to have clubs wiped out of two years of top picks would also maybe mitigate that a little bit so uh i'm for it though two years in advance i think is the right number 
Uh, Holy Dooley and Chef on Bomber Blitz. Can this is around George Stevens? Uh, one, would we be interested, and in, could he be a, 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 I guess, a big body mid, midfielder that we uh, might need around the contest? He's big. Um, he's one ninety centimeters or so, and, and really strongly built. He played some good footy late in the season. Once he got back into the midfield, um, he's going to be a unique player. Like some clubs would have him rated pretty deep in the draft, and other ones would rate him really highly. Um, He's not going to, I don't think it'd be an option for the first pick, but could it be the second one? Maybe could still be there. There's a chance of that. Um, yeah, he's a really interesting and fascinating player in this year's draft, I think, given his size and, you know, how maturely built he is, whether clubs bring him in and think he can make a, a, a role for him straight away or, or, or offset that by, you know, the view on his um, long term stature. I don't know. So, yeah, yet to really dig into the, the clubs that are interested in those type of players a little bit deeper into the draft, but but yep. will as soon as uh, Wednesday finishes up. I'll start Bomber 18. If Dersma comes in on a wing, then what position uh, do you think Cox would play in that scenario, given that they've clubs always tried him also on a wing? Um, I think, I think, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. This is the, we've asked this question for four years now, haven't we? Where is he going to? Where's he going to play? Yeah. Three years. Where's he going to play? Where's he going to play? I, I think his spot will be as a halfback. That's that's. I think that Essendon defence needs a little bit of work still around what the best mix is there. Um, yeah, you bring in Mackay, replaces Zerk Thatcher, plays alongside Ridley and Laverty. Can Cox be a marking interceptor, but also a bit of a mover off halfback as well? Then Ridley and McGrath. I think that's probably the group, and yeah, he didn't do too bad at the end of this year. Cox in defence, yeah, uh, just playing, just playing. I just want to see him playing. Same. I, I, you can probably see, and this is not to put down the ex-captain, but you can probably see a transition of eventually Cox and Heppel swapping. Yeah, uh, and Heppel may yep. being a, a relieved bench player, being multiple really a, a Mister Fixit kind of. Yeah. He could play multiple kind of roles, but I could see that kind of scenario happening. Yeah, uh, uh, Metro Karma, how many picks? Uh, do you think we'll actually use? Could it be just two and, and doing a more of an upgrade of Baldwin and that kind of thing? Uh, haven't dug into that yet either. I think that's still a little bit in play, given there's still um, still a trade snilling, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah, trade period, still some players who are um, in limbo as well with the rookies in Boss and, and Hunter. Snelling mm. still has to have a decision made on him. So I think they're still weighing that up. I'd be surprised if it was only two, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, normally we we do pretty much a f- three or four as a as a yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, last one username. Do you think we're planning on throwing the kitchen sink at Hugo Hagen or Ben King next year? Ah, <laughs> uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody will be, won't they? It kind of leads me to a secondary question, Cal. Uh, around the draft and around about the, we've obviously tried with the Gresham to fix the the small forwards. Obviously, Ben McKay to replace Zerk. Still at probably centre half forward is the is the glaring kind of area that I think d- who supports Peter Wright or who's next to a Langford uh, Stringer's getting a bit older so who starts to do you in your mind back in still a Harrison Jones or do you or is there a real need there to to draft a proper centre half forward that you think can be quite you know that can that can grow and play that role. Yeah, there's just they're hard to find the, the best the best find. key yeah, forwards yeah. in the yeah. draft. Like you, you look at the best key forwards around the dra- around the AFL, and most of them are either top ten picks or father sons. And there's some anomalies there and, and outliers to that, like Nick Larkey and Mitch Lewis in the seventies in their draft year. But it's pretty rare to, to do that. Now, is it worth taking a bit of a flyer late on one of these guys? Yeah, it is. But I still, I mean, I think it's probably. Getting to the, the the point where it's a it's a bit of a bonus if Harry Jones and and Zach Reed, you know, fulfil what we hope they can be because mm-hmm. just the injuries they've both had in the last three or four years. I I think they're both talented. I think we've both we've seen it from um, Jones in particular at AFL level. But mm-hmm. you know, Reed is Reed is a, a monster, and if he gets going, then he's he's your fullback that can play there for ten years. We all know that, but it's hard to pin the the sort of hopes in him when you just haven't seen it and there's been so many injury issues for both of them so um, it's a pretty significant year for both of them isn't it um, heading into to this year and Reed, I think has he's one more he's got another year contract after that anyway so it's not like that but Jones has signed that one year deal 
deal. It's kind of a bit of a make or break heading into next year. I still think there's enough there with with him to be a guy who can, can fill that role. Yeah, I'm not agree. sure what you, you believe, but yeah. we just need to we just need to see him and, and get him fit and get him to the point where he can handle that. Look, I, I, does that stop me from thinking that you'd want to have a big crack at these key forwards and was Essendon in the mix for you know throwing his hand up for Aaron Norton? Of course, before he resigned and Jamara Eagle Hagen, I'm, I'm sure they will. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be rolling out uh, you know, an Essendon jumper to Jamari Hagen saying, this is the club you supported as a kid. What do you reckon? But um, there's a lot of other clubs who would do that too, including the Bulldogs who are desperate to keep him, of course, as well. They're pretty hard to find. There's not that many key forwards out there, are there? Like, look, next year, there's a couple who are coming out of contract in Mac- and um, King and, and Jamara and obviously Norton was going to be, but yeah, they're pretty hard to find. And that's why you know, Norton's just been given a an eight-year deal, essentially, mm. and and you're right. So you're right when you when you do Jones at one ninety-six and Reedy at what two hundred three and Cox at two hundred. The reality is they're just not getting on the park. Uh, no, you, that's you, right. You, you can actually look internally at your own list and say you've actually got some talent here, and they can all play various roles. Uh, and I'm not I'm not just 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 counting Wiedemann. Just I, I think it just. At some point, this is my personal view as a fan, when you're getting to age 25, 26 and, and you're just still not just getting the output, at some point, you know, you're like, it's hard for a fan anyway to, to trust that they're going to just suddenly become what they what we hope they were at, at draft period. So there's just there's plays there. It's just it's just a, a bit of a tease with, uh, I guess, the injuries. I reckon, I reckon I'm really looking for – one of the things I'm looking forward to next season is that if we can get um, – Reedy and Cox and um, Jonesy, yeah. and Jonesy on the park. We've, they've they've all got an incredible point of difference. Like they got the height with Reed, the left foot, the right foot. He's reasonably mobile for a large unit. Coxie's a unique player. He's a left foot, right foot, sort of at two hundred odd. And Jonesy, I just when I've, when I've seen him play, it's it's tough because you've seen him play injured, and then he's played a few games and he's been injured, and you know he didn't do much. But if an, if he was truly actually fit, like a Langford fit, like he he's got over the injury and he can play a full season, there's definitely a player there. So I'm just I'm really looking forward to seeing what those three guys do. And then I don't know, maybe there won't be a requirement to give everything for Eugle Hagen. But um, I'm really that's one of the key things I'm looking forward to next year is to see what Cox can do if he's back, and then see what Reed can do next, cab off the rank, and then um, Jonesy after that. Well, it's, that's why it's so important that you know. Over, so there's three top twenty, so three top ten picks in 2020. Yeah. Uh, then Hobbs, Hobbs came the next year. Then Sardis the next year, and then uh, whoever Essendon picks up this year. So it's six picks inside the top 14 over four years. Like you'd hope that over that course of selections, that you'd have a pretty good group there to to work with and play with mm, to the yeah. point where you get to the end of next year and you actually are more willing to trade off your first pick. Yeah. Um, because you've got enough of those right. Yeah, I agree. No, no, exactly. Uh, with the current list of, of say, the naught to five-year kind of players, uh, who do, who do you think is going to step up? There's, there's, if Essendon's had a criticism and it, it's probably lacked, um, I guess, star, star, you know, game-changing kind of stars, you know, we unfortunately, and I'm not sorry, Essendon fans, but we can see it sometimes with the Blues and you can see they can have, they can have guys that can change you, change your game and have that kind of superstar feel. And now Merritt's the closest thing by, by far to that kind of level and Rid, Rids is, is fairly close, but it, it's not, it's not massive. No, we don't, there, there is one, there is one. Yeah. Uh, so is, is there anyone that you see that may not be superstar that, like a, a Perkins or a Hobbs that, that can just, as time goes on, that can really raise their game to new levels? Well, I mean, what we saw from, I think, the second half of the season from Hobbs was impressive. I thought he sort of found his groove a fair bit, and he's going to be a really good player at AFL level for a long time. Um, I think the, the snippets we saw from Sardis late in the season were impressive. I don't think we expect, I can't expect too much from him in his second year. But what we can see, I think, is that he'll spend another summer in the gym you get the upper body even stronger and hopefully get through unscathed. I mean, he was heading towards a round one or two debut last year before the injury hit at training. So, and that's sitting back for a while. So he's definitely got a lot of quality about him. And look, I know okay, probably every time we come on this show, we talk about Archie. Yeah, I think Archie's um, a little bit undervalued 
in terms of what he does sometimes. And his role change in the second half of the season probably stopped him from having a, a 25 or 30 goal season from half forward mm. in a team that is a team that was you know middle middle range at best. So by doing that though, he, he was able to play in some bigger inside midfielders. What he actually ends up as, Archer, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a pinch hit mid. Or, and mainly half forward marking goal kicking player, or if it's a mainly midfielder who can go forward and, and take a mark and do some exciting things. But the one thing I would say about him is that unlike a lot of other players who've come through the doors in recent years, there is there is some quality to what he does, and and you you do think when he's got the ball that hey he could kick this goal from fifty five on the run, or he could he could mark this ball yeah. that probably he doesn't have the right to mark, and do some things that are a little bit unexpected where. You talk about the, the game-changing players. Look at all the final series over the past. And this is a little bit why the demand for Harley Reid is so strong. Christian Petrarca wins an Ormsmith medal playing this big, bullocking, damaging half-forward midfield role for Melbourne. Um, Dustin Martin wins three of them, doing the same thing. Um, John DeGoey won, won his team a preliminary final and then in the grand final stepped up in huge moments. These are the players that you need to be successful. I'm not saying that Perkins is definitely going to be at that level, but he's got ambition to be. And you know, if it's you know, Rosie as well has been a long a star now for a couple of years, playing a sort of similar striking half forward midfield role where you go forward and hit, keep the goal. I think Perko has got a little bit of that in him, yeah. um, but yeah. he's still young. Like he's, he's he's only three years into his career and he's played what is it now? It must be you know sixty sixty odd games. 65 games. So I, th- I think he's got good grounding. He's someone that could, you know, start to pop a bit My if he life. hasn't already. I think he already has, to be honest. I think he, I, th- I think it's a little bit underappreciated his his season. Yeah. Last question, just on Matt Rosa uh, with with the news. Do you know, uh, you may not know anything about this, but do you know, was he involved at all uh, at, around this year, just even on the sidelines? Um, and, uh, and, you know what? What did you think of that appointment in general? I know you had a a fun interview with Totoro, uh, <laughs> which was uh, five or six years, which was always classic Totoro jokes. Um, but um, what what did you see Matt Rosa like? Do, do you feel like he had any involvement this year, um, or is he just sort of just viewing from afar and then we'll start next year? Yeah, that, that, that interview was fine. I wasn't wasn't fussed with that. Um, Right. Matt has started in a, a different sort of capacity. He was at uh, the draft combine last weekend. Um, actually, this time last week, yeah, he was there interviewing players, um, watching them test and, and trial. I think he's still got some sort of relocation to, to get through in terms of moving the family over. I'm not exactly sure of the details on when that goes through and how that all plays out. But he's been involved, at, yeah, at least. That was sort of the, the initial discussion there with the, with the club and also through... Um, yeah, through the combine there with the draft prospects coming through, so that that's yeah a, a start for him. And clearly, um, and this is sort of a, a, maybe a different sort of modelling that the footy department has undertaken now under Craig Bozzo, who's got such experience in this area, and this is his one would the, the footy slash list yeah. you know, role. So having a CEO who's got oversight on that and you know strength and, and experience in that role and position means you can probably remodel your footy department in certain ways as well. Yeah. So yeah. that'll continue to be the way. But, you know, through the appointment of David Rath um, in his position at the Bombers now and through the appointment of Matt Rosa and also um, Daniel McPherson, there's sort of been a bit of a smoothing out on some of these roles, I think, you know, heading into 2024. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see where and it goes feel, from there. It feels like also from afar, even with this free ages period, that they're the club's very willing to use Brad Scott as kind of the, the mouthpiece to, to talk to the player. Um, as it seems to be that the club understand Brad Scott's got a real gift in talking to a player, or a young player. Um, it feels like it's a real strength of Brad's is to, you know, it sounds like to me from the Dersma agent, he was kind of expressing that Brad Scott was kind of a big key here. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Like this is a coach who, you know, when North Melbourne was chasing Josh Kelly and, and Dustin Martin, and they probably didn't have a you know right to go and get these guys, given where they were in the ladder at the same times, and um, obviously coming from other clubs, but nearly got both of them and and other players as well. And and a lot of that I think was the selling point that and relationships that 
Brad's, you know, cultivated with those players over different times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's been a factor throughout the the acquisitions and with Dersman to come as well. Well, mate, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, I know it's uh, always as last minute. Uh, me, <laughs> I think I almost text you from a plane. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but look, I really appreciate the time. I know it's the busiest time of year for you. So, so much appreciate. The fans appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, wish you all the best in the coming weeks with the trade and draft period, mate. We will all be watching. No dramas. Anytime, guys. Happy to help. Thank you, Cal. Catch up. Strong, strong music selections on the way back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. What an interview, eh? Mate, again, another uh, another massive thank you to Cal Toomey um, for coming on the show. Um, he is the undisputed expert um, on, I mean, what he... On footy. On footy, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the man, the man knows pretty much all there is to know about football, but at draft time, he is the the expert um, that everybody refers to. Um, his draft is generally um, regarded as the best in the business. So um, you can catch um, Cal on Twitter. Um, you can catch him on afl.com.au and also the Gettable Podcast. Um, and massive thank you again for coming on the on the show, Cal. We really appreciate it. Yeah, look, just uh, as we close, massive result last night in the Dreamtime Clash in the AFLW. So... Congratulations, was, man. Uh, that was huge. It was basically whoever won. Night game? Was, remained in the eight. So uh, massive result for the Essendon Football Club. They win. And look, this is only their second year, remember. The first year they won four games and it was you felt like, oh, that was a good. Yeah, not bad. It yeah. was a really respectable opening. That's their fifth win in, in their second year. And after seven games, it's still, what, three or four rounds to go. So... Really, really good result uh, for the Essendon Football Club. They're now fifth on the ladder. Nice work. So, uh, yeah, and you know, some of the transition footy and everything was was fantastic. I was, I was watching the game last night from home. It was just nice to just to sit on the couch and, and watch some footy. Watch and, a bit so, of footy, yeah. Uh, and seeing Bombers beat uh, Essendon in a in, sorry Richmond beat in a Dreamtime game. Yeah. So we've, we've done the double, we've done the double Dreamtime wins. So, yep, I like it. Which is, you know... Usually, Dreamtime and Essen Football Club usually cry at the end result. So, yep. uh, so look, really, really good result. Uh, yeah, the, the team's going fantastic, and they seem to be really, really professionally run, and uh, and and uh, the growth and development is really, really strong. So, the whole program, uh, you you can only speak very positive of it. And uh, congratulations yep. to everyone involved. Looking forward to more uh, wins. Yeah. So. Fantastic result. So that's look. That's it from us. Um, I'm probably going to go back to sleep. <laughs> I, I do pardon my. I know. I, I know. Sometimes I've halfway through a sentence. I've probably just paused sometimes. So look. please, I hope you understand. I wanted to get something out for now that the free agency was uh, was finished. So I I probably <laughs> a normal person would wait a week uh, to get. Over. No, not you. You're too dedicated. But for I wanted that. to get something out, and Cal was available. So. Um, yeah, I'm glad I, glad we could do that for you. And so thanks, everyone. Thanks to our patrons, of course. We're going to do a few Patreon shows soon. So yeah, very soon. We're going to get, on that. get back into gear with the Patreon guys and girls. So, look, thanks, everyone, uh, for your time. And uh, good to be back. Good to be back, man. Looking forward to a season, like we sort of said in that um, calendar view. I'm looking forward to... Trade week, man. Trade, man. They're like, like, okay, if we get another good kid, fine. And, and that's great. Bring that kid in. But again, I, I, I said this on the on the Facebook page last night. Man, uh, the way we finished last season was just not good, right? But the more I, I I'm doing it to myself, I'm sucking myself in, <laughs> so to speak. Um, in that I've got Reedy <laughs> Cox, hey, I knew you would stop it. Um, Reedy Cox Jones, those guys fit. Um, we've got um, the big bodied oh man and fullback that we wanted. Um, all of these things, and now I'm sucked in again. I'm looking forward to the season again just in bloody October. To basically, I know, and it's October. I'm looking forward to this to the to the season and the and the team again. So, 
Congratulations, Essendon Footy Club. You've done well. You've you've dragged me back in early. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. As a as a podcast, we're really looking forward to uh, to covering it. Um, Patreon, um, what is it? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up. Check us out on there um, and uh, the Discord page, Scooter on uh, Twitter, and we'll be back to regular programming this year. Thanks, everyone. Good to be back and go Bombers.